or lease in the morning. Old MacDonald had a farm. E-I-E-I, ouch. He ripped, he tore, he maimed, he killed. E-I-E-I, oh my god. This film will shock even the most seasoned horror fan. Who knew what mild-mannered Jeremy was capable of committing such ghastly, horrendous atrocities, such brutal, disgusting tortures? Jeremy's visiting teenage twins' cousins unfortunately chose his and his sick mother's farm for their peaceful summer vacation. Jeremy's neighbor and her two young children stopped by for a friendly visit. They left pushing up daisies. The whole town wants to know why Jeremy's daisies are the brightest. Think twice about visiting those weird next-door neighbors or those crazy relatives no one talks about. The welcome wagon never made it to this place. Jeremy doesn't live in Hooterville. He's no country bumpkin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Grizzly Acres. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie, B-Movie Bros. We review B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. And if you're joining us, you just heard what the back of the DVD box had to say about the 1987 film Splatter Farm. Yes, since we are starting a new month, we have a new theme, and that is Polonia Brothers Entertainment Films. So before we begin this, this film was originally distributed by Donna Michelle Productions, uh, VHS, which made films such as Cannibal Campout and Woodchipper Massacre, and eventually came out on DVD by Camp Motion Pictures, a company that every B-movie fan should love, making films such as Call Girl of, a Th- of Cthulhu, Easter Sunday, which was actually made by Jason Delgado, who's been on the show before, Killer Rack, Night Terrors, and Video Violence. They also released a lot of films by the by Donna Michelle Productions that were um, original in VHS, but for DVD, so... And um, you want to get into the directors and all that? So the directors and uh, actually the, the stars of this film, John and Mark Polonia, are notorious B-movie legends and founders of the Polonia Brothers Entertainment. They made over 50 films, including Bigfoot vs. Zombies, Channel 3, oh, Channel 13, Jurassic Prey, Splatter Beach, Peter Rottentail, Landshark, and Amityville Exorcism. The most unfortunate thing being that John passed away in 2006. But Mark still leads the way in B-movie entertainment and keeps his and his brother's legacy going. Pretty much if you haven't, if you haven't heard of the Polony Brothers, you haven't watched nearly enough B-movies. So I think it's time to dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties on Splatter Farm, our top and bottom three. What do you want to start with this time, Paul? I'd say... Let's start with the bottom on this one. I know a lot of people probably um, unfairly criticize this film, so let's get that out of the way. All right, I'll start us off. Number three, I was severely confused for the first, I don't even know how long of this film, in that it only shows one Polonia brother at a time. It made me question the fact that, you know, is this just one person playing two different characters? And it is hard to tell them apart, even when they're on screen together. You know, I really find myself saying, oh, there's the one wearing the pink shirt, and, and that's the one not wearing a pink shirt, so they must be different people. Somebody please shave your fucking mustache so I can tell you apart. Hey, it was the style of the late 60s slash 70s, you know? They this was the late 80s. Whatever. They would have they done well in, like, 70s porn or something, I'm sure. They would have been known as the Pornoni Brothers. For fuck's sake. Number two. In another dimension, you know that's true. Number two. Why does everything have to be in slow motion when Jeremy is killing? 
or frolicking. Seriously, the movie is long enough. And then just when something cool may be happening, bam, slow motion. Not to mention, most of the slow motion happens when we should see some splatter. But, you know, from a film being called Splatter Farm, there sure is a lack of splattering. No splattering, fucking it was splatter farm. There should be blood splattered everywhere. On the wall, on the door, on the cat. But no, fucking slow motion. That's what we get splattered with. Yeah, there wasn't even a cat, but there should have been blood on it. Number one. Now, come on, guys. I know that the budget is tight. And I know that you were only 17 when you made this movie. But why is the fucking lemonade clear? Seriously. It was 1987. You couldn't spare, like, fucking five cents for a goddamn lemon or just piss in the jar? Something. Anything. Food coloring. Just make the lemonade look like lemonade. Just put a fucking lemon wedge on the shit. No. No. You can't make it look like lemonade. What? Just say water instead. Why did we have to say lemonade? No. Just just say, hey, want some water? But no. You know? Because what? Water is clear. It would have made much more sense. Fucking clear lemonade my ass. Maybe because Aunt Lacey and Jeremy were so weird, maybe they thought lemonade was water. It's like, oh, here's a faucet. Let's get lemonade from it. No, no. I, I, I not acceptable. I, I, I could see it, though. I don't care how low your budget is. You can make something look like fucking lemonade. All right, for number three, some of the background family drama comes off as a bit forced and heavy-handed. I felt like it could have been toned down a bit, like... And still had the same effect. Like, I guess at the end, Jeremy's father issues seem to be kind of forced. Like, he's, he, like, um, beats his father's corpse. And I guess his his uncle was actually his father. And it just felt inconsistent with his also desire to be friends with Joseph, which um, was um, played by one of the Polony brothers. I believe um, it was played by John Bologna. Um, it just felt like, you know, he was very defensive of his mother and men around him, but maybe it's because his mother wasn't a fa- or his his mother wasn't attracted to Joseph that he wasn't threatened. I don't know. I thought that was a little weird. Number two, spoiler alert: both Polonias are killed in the end of this film. I I know it says it at the big be- at the end the back of the box, but I was not a fan of that. I really wanted at least one of them to escape in some manner that paid homage to films like The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But unfortunately, that was not the case. The Polonias sadly passed in this film. And number one, another major spoiler, Aunt Lacey at some point drugs and rapes Alan, who is played by Mark Polonia at one point in this film. Aunt Lacey was played by a woman named Marion Costley, who is... Todd Michelle Smith Smith, uh, who's actually Jeremy's grandmother. And I can only imagine the conversation prior to this movie. Hey, Grandma, would you be in my friend's film? Awesome. That's great. By the way, would you rate my friend Mark? It would really help us out. Like, I'm just trying to think of that, that, um, that conversation, and man, that is creepy as fuck. Granted... It was unexpected, and it was a really good, well-done scene. But man, the idea of asking your grandma to pretend to rape your friend, that's a bit much for me, guys. I, I, do, I do have to give them props on that. You know, that, that's, that actually comes in at a, a close to my top list. Yeah, I'm not sure if that... That, that barely made a bottom one, because I, I have to give them a lot of credit for that. 
But let's let's move on to the top three things, which, I mean, a lot of people watching this movie may just focus on the negatives, but we have to look at the positives here. Number three, at the time of making this movie, the Polonia brothers were only 17 years old. They used props from short films and cobbled together everything they had, including their friend Todd Smith's grandma, to make a coherent film. Like, at 17, to make a, fil- a full-length film and it actually be coherent, you know, I-, I applaud that. That is great and wonderful. Number two. The character of Jeremy is a seriously fucked-up individual. He kills things and people, then has sex with them. And he does it all in such a nonchalantly fashion. It's just everyday life on the farm with Jeremy, and that makes it all the more unsettling. Like, even whenever whenever he's he's talking to the other Polonia, to the Polonia brothers, and he's like, would you like to be my friend? It's like very reminiscent of, you know, Mr. Rogers. Would you like to be my neighbor? But only if Mr. Rogers wanted to kill and rape you and possibly eat you. That would be the weirdest episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I know, seriously. Number one, the character of Aunt Lacey, played by Marion Costley, you know, at first glance, it might just seem like this, you know, cardboard you know, acting and terrible and everything. But when you hear her backstory and, you know, the emotionless portrayal that she gives, you know, she could be one of the best characters I've ever seen in a low-budget film. You know, her her brother raped her. She had a child by him. She murdered him. She has to deal with Jeremy all the time. It's just really, really interesting to see what happened. Yeah, plus the fact that she was so lonely and ended up raping poor Alan. Like, um, you know, as weird as that was and as disturbing and unforgivable as it was, it wasn't entirely, like, surprising. When it happens, I was obviously surprised. But, like, when I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, I I could kind of peg her as, you know, a rapist. So, yeah, just like she just adds something to it by being that, like, emotionless person. You know, after the backstory is all said and done, it, it is. It's one of the greatest characters, in my opinion, that I've ever seen based on putting everything together. All right. For my top three, I'm actually going to disagree with one of your bottom three. I thought the two Poloni brothers, despite the fact that they look very similar, they're obviously identical twins and they have the same awesome mustaches, um, they had very distinct personalities, which created a really good balance between the two. One of them being a nice, understanding gentleman, while the other is a foul-mouthed prick. And I just loved seeing the two interact with really everyone. I thought that they were really a great balance to each other. Number two, the character Jeremy was genuinely creepy. He just seemed like he enjoyed killing for the sake of killing. Like, he'd just walk around, like, shirtless while, like, basking in, in people's bloods and his mannerisms are so disturbing and unsettling. And what makes it worse, like Corey said, like at times he goes to, he tries to be friends with people and that just made it more bizarre and hard to figure out. And that normally when a character seems inconsistent, it lessens the character, but you really feel like you don't know anything about this guy. You know, there's something wrong. You know, he wants something out of life, but even he doesn't know what it is. You just know he doesn't ha- really have a moral, um, a moral kind of um, dissonance from murder. So I thought that was kind of cool. And number one, 
just as Corey said, was Aunt Lacey. Aunt Lacey was the most unexpected villain I think I've seen in a film. She was kind of a mix between Norman Bates from Psycho and Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. She lives in the middle of nowhere and has some severe psychological ailments from her past. She comes off as this charming and innocent old woman, but man, is she unforgiving and merciless when she feels like she not only has been wronged, but really feels entitled to somebody like, you know, a young 17-year-old's body. Well, something we failed to mention here was the uh, the dialogue of the movie, which actually, as unquotable as this movie was and as stale as some of the dialogue, it's so quotable and fun, it's unbelievable. So I'm going to get us started off here on another one of our quote wars. Quote war. So we'll quote this movie back and forth. I'll get this started off, and then Paul will go. Come to Jeremy. Come here, boy. Got a brain, asshole. I hate to spoil lunch, but I have to take a shit. I'm glad you're here. It's been a long time since some real men have been in the in this home. Uncle Ray would still be alive today if that axe hadn't fallen on him. We'll walk down the road and visit the Nolan girls again. Remember them? You mean the ones with the big titties? I drugged you, but don't worry. You won't remember a thing in the morning. Tonight, I'll be lonely no more. That ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this movie, post it here or on our website, bmoviebros.com. Or if you have any other comments on Splatter Farm. As far as low-budget horror films go, especially those who depend on such levels of violence and depravity. I honestly think this one did a great job at what it was trying to do. It was it was also obvious that everyone involved had a great time working on it. I've seen better props in low-budget films, but seriously, I've seen much worse, and this is nowhere near the bottom of that list. And for two 17-year-olds um, and their friend to come together with their limited budget and... Um, you know, make a film of this quality, it really does speak something remarkable of their talent. Oh, yeah, and to be honest, I don't really think it's necessarily wrong or right to praise this film for being a low-budget film and the limitations it has. It tell it, gen- it genuinely tells a creepy story, and the actors that play the characters were, considering everything, They, considering the fact that they weren't really experienced actors, they did a good job. However, the limitations and resources definitely help you appreciate it more, but I think even despite that, like most of the praise like I hear from this is, you know, they did a good job for what they had, but I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think they did a good job considering the fact that they made a good film they set out to make. And then even like, like you said, you know, even though I said, you know, it's, it is hard to tell the Polonia brothers apart, like physically, when you do get into the movie. Each character has their own unique personality and brings something different to the table. And that goes for Aunt Lacey and Jeremy as well as Joseph and Alan. You know, these four characters couldn't be more different but also meld together in such a way that it really does seem like a dysfunctional family, but a family nonetheless. Most definitely. Well... 
I guess it's time to give this film our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale, 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? Uh, I gave it a 7 out of 10. I kind of did the reverse, and I gave this a 2 out of 10. Wow, that's, that's, that's odd. So I have to say, Splatter Farm is unlike most movies in the sense that it was made on pretty much no budget. Many of the props used in the film were left over from other short films of the actors who played Alan and Joseph, real-life twins, the Polonia brothers. Also, with the limited resources and only four actors, this movie goes a lot further than one would think. Unfortunately, it has many things working against it. The bland dialogue, shoddy acting, and little to no plot, combined with the repeated use of slow motion, especially during the murder scenes, combined to make this movie almost a chore to watch. Even with a good bro and the easy-to-poke funness that is Splatter Farm, I gave it a 7 out of 10 on the shot scale. You know, if, however, you were in the mood to see an extremely low-budget movie made by a couple of teenagers and a grandma in the middle of nowhere 1980s film genre, then this would be the perfect film to watch. But just remember, that is water, not lemonade. That lemonade thing really pissed you off, It really it? fucking does. I feel like that, like... Gave you, like, at least three shots in this. Like, I had to find something yellow to take a shot of just to, like, balance it out. Alright, I give this a 2 out of 10 because Splatter Farm is one of the Polony Brothers' earliest and most infamous films that they've ever made. It tells the story of a pair of twins whose summer vacation turns tragic when their insane aunt and cousin turn out to be murderous hillbillies with serious psychological issues. The quality of the sound and picture and acting is far from perfect, but... Honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way. All the resources available available to them were utilized meticulously in ways that never came up off as superfluous. If you have have an appreciation for low budget fil- films or horror films films in general, or simply want to have a good time, I highly suggest Spider Farm. If you're an aspiring filmmaker who has spent far too much time making excuses and just talking about making films. This is a film that will kind of kick you in the ass and say, get out there and do something. So there you have it. A 7 out of 10 from me and a paltry 2 out of 10 from Paul. I don't know. Hey, I, am, I ain't ashamed of that. I love this film. Okay, I, well, not everyone likes to watch the same kind of shit that we do, so we like to give every movie we review an A-movie companion and tell you why this B-movie and A-movie are the same exact thing, just of different standards and quality. For me, I picked the 2006 film Charlotte's Web. I picked the 1989 film film Field of Dreams. So I have to say that both Charlotte's Web and Splatter Farm take place on a farm. Both movies feature a character who is driven seemingly by causing death. Jeremy, who kills and rapes people, and the farmer who wanted to kill Wilbur the pig. Both films feature characters trying to prevent death. Alan and Joseph trying to prevent their own deaths, and Charlotte trying to prevent Wilbur's death. In the end, both female mother characters, Charlotte, now mother to hundreds of spiders, and Aunt Lacey, the mother of Jeremy, wind up dead. And in the end, both movies have a character getting to live out their life on a farm the way they want, whether it's Wilbur not worrying about being butchered and eaten, and Jeremy butchering and eating people. Alright, I picked Field of Dreams because both movies take place in a field pretty much in the middle of nowhere. Both have some kind of mysterious occurrence going on in the farm 
far at the farm that it takes place in. In Field of Dreams, the ghosts of dead baseball players begin appearing after a baseball field is rebuilt in the middle of the farm. And in Splatter Farm, Jeremy and Aunt Lacey like to rape and murder people. Both of, in both films, characters are in denial of weird things. In both films, you hear voices that kind of make you think that some of the characters are crazy. And I really didn't want to use Texas Chainsaw Massacre because it was too obvious. So I had to pick another film that took place in the middle of a field. And also both of those films were released in the 80s. Yeah, whatever. Well, I think it's time to drink away the flick. Drink away the flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the flick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll give you some drinking away. Some drinking games for Splatter Farm. Number one, every time the twins appear on screen together, take a drink. Number two, every time Jeremy murders someone, take a drink. Number three, every time Jeremy performs a sexual act with something he has murdered, finish your drink. Number four, whenever a scene occurs in slow motion, take a drink. And of course, number five, because it's Polonia Brothers Month, anytime you can't tell if it's Mark or John Polonia on screen, take a drink. Every time the two brothers complain about being on the farm, take a drink. Every time Aunt Lacey talks about something weird going on with either Jeremy or the past, take a drink. Every time someone gets molested, whether living or alive, take a drink. And... Every time the brothers, one of the brothers or a random guy gets murdered by Jeremy, take a drink. Those are your ways to drink away the slick. If you have any other thoughts about this movie or anything else B-movie related, you can leave a comment on either our YouTube or SoundCloud pages right below the video. You can also email us at bmoviebros at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com dash bmoviebros. Follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros or my personal Twitter handle at bmoviepaul. Also check out our other other reviews and shows at our website bmoviebros.com. If you enjoy this, you can donate to our Patreon page or our PayPal page located on our on our website. We appreciate all, do, all donations and all of it goes toward helping make this show even better. Next week, as we continue our journey through Polonia Brothers Month, we'll take a look at something a bit more recent as we see the hippity-hoppity terror that comes along with the movie Peter Rotten Tale. Ooh, how terrifying. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Get over there. See you